Hey there, and welcome to episode 11 of the Inkwell Gamers podcast. Today we are finishing our starter deck review and upgrades, ending with the Sapphire Steel deck. So like the others, what we'll be doing is covering what's in it, how it plays, our first impressions versus how we now feel about it, and then give three additional ways to play with this deck. So we'll have Dalton giving you a budget deck upgrade. I'll bring an upgrade that isn't necessarily budget friendly, and then we'll have a third deck. And so I know Dalton's excited to present his third deck. Oh yeah. <laughs> it might be bad, but it's fun. Uh, we'll just tell you that. You know, um, fun, fun is all that really matters too. <laughs> that's true. Unless you only get fun from winning and then don't play this deck. Don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I think it's a really cool dynamic. So we'll get into that. Before we get into that though, we have something really exciting going on tomorrow. Yes, we have a relatively big paper tournament tomorrow. We do at our yeah. LGS. Yeah, about what is that half hour away? Not too bad. Not too yeah. bad. So yeah, it's uh it's a one K, so there will be one thousand dollars in prizes. If the event fills up, mm -hmm. then I think he said there will probably be around two thousand dollars in prizes, something like that. But yeah, as long as like 30 people show up, it's going to be a pretty nice event. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited. What kind of deck are you bringing? I am bringing some version of Ruby Amethyst Control. I have not decided on the exact build. I have so many different thoughts and opinions on this deck that I just, I'm struggling with the correct, correct build. Yeah. What about you? There's a lot of options and it's oh. hard to narrow, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be bringing some sort of variation of the deck I used in League last week. Mm -hmm. So Emerald Amethyst, Tempo. Um, there are a couple of cards that I had in there last week that I think I might swap out. So originally I did put Mother Gothel. I know she's bad in general, but I think... I don't think she's bad in general. She... Eh, just might not be good enough. A lot of people rip on her, though. Yeah, well, that's just because <laughs> she's compared to John Silver and Jeannie, I think, which are better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, better. I do already have Jeannie in my deck as it is, and I think I might take her out and swap her for John Silver. Yep. So <clears throat> I just need to, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do that, which I know that we are going to kind of get our decks together after we record this. So probably going to swap those two out, and then I honestly think that might be it, but yeah, playing Mad Hatter, Cheshire, Cusco, Genie on the Job, Rafiki, those are like my main cards that I really want to try to see. Mm -hmm. Friends so, on the other side. Friends on the other side, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I get but yeah, you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I hope a lot of people come because yeah. it's only going to be as fun if there are a lot of people there. Yeah, I've seen on at least that post that he shared, I don't know, a few, few months. Well, it was a month ago. Mm -hmm. I've seen some people probably an hour and 15 minutes away from uh, that game store. They're interested in coming. So as long as the, the word is out there. Yes. I think we're going to have some people join. I think so. It'll be fun. So, all right. Well, with, are you ready to get in? Yeah, let's do this. Let's talk about the Steel and Sapphire starter deck. Cool. So as far as an overview of cards go... I'll just go down the list really quick for what you can find in the starter deck. Flounder, Captain Hook, Forceful Duelist, Goons. <laughs> Side note, I love the Goons flavor text. It's so funny. It's something like um, they, 
they aren't they might not be useful but they came with the castle or something to that extent i think <laughs> they it's might whole... be, yeah they might be useless but they come with the yes castle. <laughs> yes i think that is hilarious um yeah. one of, probably one of my favorite flavor texts of the set so um and then aurora regal princess gramatala prince eric jasmine disguised mickey mouse detective hercules Kristoff, Aurora Briar Rose, Maleficent Sinister Visitor, Aurora Dreaming Guardian, Maleficent Uninvited, Beast Hard Headed, Simba Rightful Heir, Mufasa, Scar Mastermind, Simba Returned King, Maui Demigod, Develop Your Brain, Fire the Cannons, Ransack, Smash, One Jump Up Ahead, Grab Your Sword, Magic Golden Flower, and Coconut Basket. Oh, yeah. So the idea behind this deck is basically to control the board to give enough time for you and ramp your ink well to get to your more heavy hitters, which are more expensive ink wise. Mm. It is a slow deck, but that's pretty much the game plan is to bide enough time with your challengers to control the board, get your opponent's threats off enough to give you time to ramp that inkwell into your Maui and your Simba and Mufasa, your your big characters. Right. Yeah. So what was your first impressions of it? And how do you feel it is now? Does it is it changed? Is it the same? I originally thought that this was the worst starter deck. And for me in Magic, I am someone that loves mana ramp. I love green decks in Magic. But I feel like this deck just didn't have enough good cards to really ramp into. Mm-hmm. You have Maui, which is an eight cost character. It's big. It quests for a lot. But for me, it just, you have one of those. It's just not enough. I mean, you do have like mm-hmm. that uh, seven ink Simba as well and a couple Mufasas, a Scar. Mm-hmm. But we have... Was it one, two, three, four, five, five, six? I think we have seven cards in the main deck that ramp ink and just five payoffs and then a lot of mid-range cards that don't really fit either game plan. Right. Like the Jasmine and the... Like ooh, the Kristoff. Yeah, the Kristoff. Yeah, that's that's the next one I was thinking of. So it, it just didn't seem cohesive enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't interesting enough for me to want to keep playing. It's not like the amethyst ruby deck that has like a lot of play to it mm-hmm. either so yeah it it has some fine cards i mean beast is a good card but i mean and some of the challenges are good cards it just doesn't really do it for me mm-hmm. what do you think i hate it <laughs> <laughs> hate that is a strong word you're right you're right okay fine i strongly disliked it no you hate it it's fun yeah i think the main thing is because the main component of it is a bunch of challengers mm-hmm. and challenging just isn't my preferred play style. So I just mm-hmm. don't really enjoy playing with it. I, I can't remember. I think, I think I thought this was the worst from the beginning, right? Yeah. Or was that Amber Amethyst? I think I, no, you thought the Amber Amethyst one was, was the worst. And then this one was like a middle tier and mm-hmm. I swapped the two. Yeah. So yeah, I I only think that I first initially thought this was like a middle tier just because it seemed to have, I don't know, I really liked the concept of Grandma Tala and then just having some of like the big heavy hitters like the Maui. Um, and then there's a bunch of damage inflicting cards within here, like Fire the Cannons, 
smash, grab your sword. So I think that's why I thought it was kind of like a middle tier. It was really slow though, but I think as time progressed, I I definitely think this is the worst. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see what they were trying to do with that. I see the the game plan is pretty clear. I just don't think you can really win the long game that easily. You're just going to get out-tempoed by Ruby Emerald with Dragon Fires or Mother Knows Best. Mm -hmm. And the Amethyst deck has Dr. Facilier, which is just a card that kind of goes over the top of your Maui a little bit. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, I just don't like it that much, Em. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. So with that being said, how would you upgrade this with a budget in mind? Okay, so first of all, I think it's really important to take out some of the less effective guards and try to create a more cohesive game plan. So some of the cards that we took out are the Goons, the Flounders, the Jasmines, Hercules, Kristoff, Aurora, Briar Rose, Maleficence, uh, Simba, Rifle, Air, Ransack, and the the items in the deck like Magical and Flower and Coconut Basket. You mean you're not going to keep those? I'm not going <laughs> to. Hey, they'll be in a different deck later, but not in this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're not going to keep those. And then we added some cards that tried to really play well to the early game and some cards that try to play well more towards the late game. Like, we finished out the Captain Hooks, the Auroras, the Grandma Talas, the Mickey Mouse Detective, added another Aurora Dreaming Guardian, another Maleficent Uninvited, just as kind of like that mid-range threat mm -hmm. that can really threaten the Amethyst Ruby decks, added another Develop Your Brain, another Smash, a couple more One Jump Ahead just to finish out all the ink ramp that we're going to have. Mm -hmm. We added three more grab the swords, which brings the total up to four, which makes the deck a lot more resilient and capable against the other aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. We added four Simba future Kings. That is just a really strong one drop that can help filter your draws to help you find the cards that you need for that specific matchup. We added four Philoctetes, which I think is probably the most important addition to this deck. Mm -hmm. It just makes your Simba Future Kings, your Grandma Talas, and your Mickey Mouse Detectives into actual threats on the board that can really challenge what your opponent's characters are doing. It makes your Simba able to challenge into a Mad Hatter or Kuzco, and that's not really a big loss for you at all. So I think that's a really important one when it comes to keeping your board state comparable to your opponents in the early and the mid game. Mm -hmm. We also added three Hans just as a really strong mid-range card. It combines really well with Grab Your Swords, with Smashes, and with Fire the Cannons. Just providing that little extra damage to take out some of your opponent's threats. And then we added a couple more bigger bodies in Triton Seeking. So yeah, we wanted, since we were finishing out the ramp package, we wanted a couple more big bodied threats. Triton has a lot of willpower 
a lot of strength and a quest for two so i and it's an inkable threat so i really like that one i think it's possible we could have added a couple more threats but i think i want to worry about the early game a little bit more so we could actually get to the late game and start dropping the the bigger threats down yeah for sure and I feel like, too, the addition of Phil is really good interaction with some of the other characters. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I hit on it pretty quickly, but you just have in this deck 12 cards that have one strength that just aren't relevant on the board. They're kind of dead weight. Yeah, they're just dead weight. They might challenge into something to do one extra damage. I mean, Grandma Tala, that's usually what she does half the time. She challenges into something, does that one damage, and then she goes into your inkwell. But Phil really makes them actual threats on the battlefield, and I think that is really powerful. Turning your Simbas, your Talas, and your Mickeys into legit pieces of cardboard on the battlefield that's really big when you're trying to get ahead in tempo and ahead on board in the early game yeah for sure and because i'm thinking too right now already kind of thinking about the current metagame one of the most common combos that we see for amber steel is lilo simba bodyguard Mm -hmm. and so with that gramatala and Phil, not only would you make her strong enough to just get rid of the Simba, but you're also, like, obviously you want her to go into your inkwell, but you want to be productive about it. Yeah. You don't want it to just be, oh, let me just put, like, a little piddly one damage. You're actually mm-hmm. able to remove one of their characters from the board. Yeah. So that's super good. Yeah, and against the Emerald matchup, it's really good. Just being able to challenge your opponents mad hatters and kuzco is like i said all these characters with the help of phil challenge those cards so i think it's a a really strong card i actually think it's probably a little underutilized currently but i think in a shell where you have a bunch of cards that kind of do something when they come into play but then they you know don't really have a lot of good bodies this is something that can really enable those to be that much stronger Oh yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, so this deck only has 15 uninkables. That is a very reasonable amount when we're just ramping anyway. Mm-hmm. We we can actually probably play a few more uninkables if we wanted to, just because we're just putting more cards into our inkwell naturally. Mm-hmm. So uh, if there were some really, really strong uninkable finishers, then that's something that we could actually look into, and that will... You know, that'll be in the next version of this deck when we see Hades a little bit. But yeah, so I think in this deck, you just don't need to worry about how many uninkables you have as much because you're just naturally having more ink anyway. It's less of a factor. Right. Yeah. So yeah, this still has the same game plan, controlling the board early with challengers, fill, ramping the ink to play the expensive characters later. This is just a more, this is a more clean version of the deck more focused. So why don't we get into the the deck that you brought today, Dana? Yeah, I definitely can. Before I get into mine though, I actually forgot to mention something when I was talking about my impressions of this deck. So I want to backtrack a little bit to that. There are two things that kind of make me pretty salty about these colors. So I know each color gets a shift. And so for steel, you have the captain hook and the tink. Obviously, Keep the Tink as a shift. She's so good. I'm a little salty that they didn't make 
Simba the shift instead of Captain Hook. Maybe that's just me, but... I feel like Simba is a little bit more iconic of a character. It would have been really sweet to see a shift version of that one. So yeah, I think Simba is just such an iconic character mm -hmm. that they probably missed out not making a shift character in this color, especially when you have a very playable one drop. Maybe they thought the same thing about Captain Hook. I don't know, but yeah, I definitely think a shift symbol would have been sick in this color. I'm sure we'll get one eventually, but... Yeah. Maybe they'll make one in Amber mm -hmm. with that Simba, but yeah, I agree. I just... Captain Hook still is very recognizable, but... Simba's more lovable. <laughs> yeah, Simba is just an awesome character. I'm so I'm really surprised they they didn't give that one a shift. But uh, especially because there's such a, a growth period to him, I think it would have been cool to have, you know, his younger version baby as a Simba. baby Simba as a card, and then his older, more mature version as a shift. I think that would have been really cool flavor wise as well. Right. But, yeah. So I'm a little salty about that, <clears throat> and then. I'm really salty. I know he's not in the starter deck. I know that. But Cerberus, why did they not make him a bodyguard? He's literally the bodyguard of the underworld. Like he they, is. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me so tilted. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I They missed out on... That's, that's how he is in his story. I know. I think they found like a good stat line and cost for it. And then they're just like, well, we can't give a bodyguard that might be too good. I know, but like... But I, I think that would have been okay. Cerberus is a sweet character. That's Why wouldn't you play into how he is presented in Hercules? Mm -hmm. He's yeah. literally a bodyguard. I don't know. So that makes me... <sighs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> well, I guess we kind of did, but... In any yeah. mythology... Cerberus is Hades' bodyguard, right? right. So, yeah, I, I totally, I totally empathize with you. So I just had to get that off my chest, and then now I feel. Do you feel better? Yeah, I can move on to my deck now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, I took Dalton's budget deck, and I just upgraded that even more. You amped it up a little bit. I amped it up. So you did, you did keep a significant amount of cards in that starter deck. You only got rid of a handful of them and then upped quantities of others. You only added four four new cards yeah, and to I, yours. One, one important thing to know is I really only added $28 worth of cards as well. Yeah, and that's pretty, that's that's pretty a, good. That's pretty good for an upgrade, to be honest, for a budget upgrade, especially if you're able to score a starter deck for MSRP, like $17, I think. So only being able to, or only having to add $28 to upgrade it is pretty good. Yeah, $50 for a deck that could play reasonably well against mm -hmm. against a lot of decks is, is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I took, like I said, yours. I took out even more cards and then added more that weren't in the original. So there were a lot of the more expensive cards that you had in there. Um, like ink expensive wise. So you had your Maui still, you had your Scar Mastermind, your Simba, your Mufasa. You kept all of those in there and then just kind of played around it. I got rid of those. <laughs> so um, going down the list, similar to Dalton, I cut Flounder, cut the, cut the Goons. I took out the Aurora 
shifting. Mm-hmm. So I both, took both versions. I took her out all. Yeah, I took both out altogether. So I took out Aurora Regal Princess and Aurora Briar Rose and the um, Aurora Dreaming Guardian. Took all of those out. Also took out Jasmine, Hercules, Kristoff, Maleficent, Sinister Visitor, Maleficent, Uninvited, Simba, Rightful Heir, Mufasa, Scar, Simba, Returned King, Maui, Develop Your Brain, Fire the Cannons, Ransack. Golden Flower Coconut Basket. Wait, you took those out too? I took those out too. Wow, copycat. You <laughs> well, took out the items as well. <laughs> took out the bad items, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I either bumped up a similar amount to Dalton or I, may, I might have added a couple more, I think. So I added two Prince Eric's. So now I'll have four total, whereas you just kept the two, I believe. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, bumped up the Captain Hook like you did, bumped up Grandma Tala, Beast, bumped him up to four, because I know you hadn't, but I I think he's a pretty good card, so bumped him up, um, smash, one jump ahead, grab your swords, all of those got up. And then what I added was I kept the four Simba Future King that you had, I kept the four Phil that you had. You had three Hans, so I bumped it up to four. And then I didn't keep your Triton in there, but I I added the Tiny Tink, Big Tink combo. So that shift. It's If we're not having a, an upgrade budget, mm-hmm. we're adding Big Tink. We're adding, we're adding Big Tink <laughs> into the steel deck. Yep, I totally agree. <laughs> yep. Very strong. Added in two Robin Hoods also, mm-hmm. four Hades, and three Let It Goes. Hades is going to be, Haiti and the Big Tinker, your more, most expensive cards for this upgrade, but they're worth it. Obviously, everybody knows Big Tink is, <laughs> Big Tink's Big Tink. Big Tink is very good, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very good. So, I mean, that's to be expected. And Hades really helps play into the game plan that we have. We're basically continuing the same one, ramping up the inkwell, challenging, controlling the board early, to get to your big ones. And so, and Hades, with him being able to take away, it's kind of, in a way, it's it's kind of like the only true removal that this deck has. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, has let it go. Yeah, let it go. Mm-hmm. Like, between these and... But I mean, like, as far as, like... I, I guess that's kind of like the equivalent. So the Hades and the let it go is basically like your dragon fire and your, your dragon Maleficent of Ruby. You know, you yeah. have the card, you have a card with a character that does it, but then you also have an action that does it too. So that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of the equivalent of that. Yeah. They do it slightly worse because they give your opponent ink mm-hmm. out of it, but let it go being a song and inkable is really strong and Hades being seven cost is also really strong as opposed to the nine cost that Maleficent is. Right. Although you could argue at least that Maleficent is inkable, whereas Mm -hmm. this Hades is not. But nonetheless, still playing into that type of play style, of course, with the the big tink. She has that enter the battlefield ability that gets triggered, so you're dealing damage. And, I mean, it's just so good. But, Yeah, yeah. So you have... A lot of AOE removal, which is area of effect, mm-hmm. so it hits all their characters, right. right? You have some single target removal in Hades, let it go, and to a lesser extent, smash. Right. It can also do it, but it's just Depends less, on how big that it's character just, is. It's just less good at it. Right. So 
you're really good at controlling the board and then you have some card draw in Robin Hood. Uh, you have some other item removal in The Beast. Mm -hmm. So you have a very cohesive game plan here. Yeah, so I, I think this deck looks really strong. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of people kind of hate on The Beast right now, but I know that you and I really don't think he's that bad. Yes, there aren't very many items currently that people play that are really good, but... If you're thinking of one of the big decks that you're going to see in the metal right now, that's the Amethyst Ruby, and they're probably going to play a sh the Shield, which they can unexert their character. Shield, Mirror, Cauldron. That's true. Pocket so, Watch. So yeah, although there aren't very, of... although there aren't very many good items right now, there are enough to where this could be pretty good if you have a matchup against it. Yeah, there are actually a lot of decks that will have items in it. I know some of the other Sapphire decks might have the Fishbone Quill. Mm -hmm. Some of the Amber decks will have the Lantern. Mm -hmm. Some of the other Steel decks might have the Beast Smear, which I think could have been a card we could have played, but we just, eh, we just didn't really, it just didn't really it fit didn't necessarily. Yeah, it didn't cross our mind because it didn't really fit our game plan. Yeah. So. But yeah, there's a lot of decent and playable items. So the beast just coming in and wrecking one of them. And if not, it's just a card that you ink early. It's mm -hmm. totally, totally good. Mm -hmm. Or it deals, I mean, it, it deals a pretty decent amount of damage too. It could get rid of some too. So mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a multifaceted card that you could get you could get a lot out of. But I think a lot of people kind of dismiss it. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to put you to the test here. Oh, goodness. A Whole New World is one of the most powerful and probably one of the most played steel cards. Why Why wouldn't you include it in this deck? I feel like it doesn't fit our deck's game plan. Mm -hmm. Similar to how I had asked you last week about the Be Prepared, and mm -hmm. you said it didn't fit that game plan. I think it's, it applies here as well. We have a lot of mid-range to late cards that are in our deck that... We're gonna hold on to until we can be until we can play them. So it's not like we're not gonna want to clear our hand when we're gonna when we're trying to hold on to like if we draw those we're we're waiting to play those later. We're, it's just not going to benefit us and play into our game plan to wipe out our hand to try to draw. I don't know. It just I just felt like it it wasn't gonna fit. Yeah. So no, I see what you're saying. Um, if you still have four cards in your hand by the time you play this, then you might be benefiting. If your opponent has two cards in hand, you're benefiting them more than what you're getting the benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, so I I really like the look of this deck. It seems like it has some pretty powerful draws. I think a whole new world could fit if we found a way to put in Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're emptying your hand a lot faster. Right. But again, that's Bell isn't really what this deck is, is doing currently. So I can definitely see leaving it out as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what is in the next deck you have to prepare us for and what that consists of. I do know it's going to be an item deck because I know you have been talking about it. Do you have this card in your item deck? Do you have a whole new world? I do. I do. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's let's get into the item deck that, that we're alluding to. 
So the whole game plan is essentially to get Maurice out and some number of aerials out and then just play a bunch of items, draw a bunch of cards, and quest for a bunch with aerial. The reason why I think that this deck could be really cool is that you have a lot of tools to answer your opponent's board with Big Tink and Grab Your Sword. So you're not going to get rushed down by the steel amber decks as much. Mm-hmm. So let me just go over the list real quick. Okay. We have three Tinkerbells, four Maurice's, two Mickey Mouse Detectives. I only have two in here. I wanted a little bit of ramp and that early game, but I didn't want to play Grandma Tala's just because that's a little bit slower. I was going to ask you why you didn't have her, so that makes sense. We have four of the Ariel who's a collector for Simba Future King just as another cheap character to play that can help you find the Maurice's or whatever card you're needing. Mm-hmm. Three Hades just as another way to answer their threats. Two Tomatoa's so shiny because it's a sweet card. It's a giant threat that can end the game quickly. It's also inkable for... When you don't need it. And then we have four Bell Strange But Specials to round out the characters. Four One Jump Ahead. Again, looking for another Ink Ramp card. Grab Your Swords. We have two of those. I think we don't need too many of these effects when we have Tinkerbell. And we also want to be able to enact our game plan. So we just can't have that many cards that don't fit the game plan. Mm-hmm. Then we have four A Whole New Worlds to increase the, the card trawl of our deck. Um, four Beastmere, four Scepter of Arendelle, four Magical and Flower, four Eye of the Fates, and four Fishbone Quills. Mm-hmm. This deck has a lot of Ingram in it between the Quills, the Bells, the Mickey Mouse, and the One Jump Ahead. Mm-hmm. But what I also really like about it is that while you're putting all these cards into your ink, you also have a whole new world to draw a bunch of cards to, to refill your hand back up. And that, along with Maurice, gives you some redundancy and some consistency to your draws. Mm-hmm. So you can you know have those combo turns with Ariel or the turn where you just quest for eight or something with Tamatoa. It lets you find your answer to maybe they have a... Ursula or something that's going to quest for a lot so you can find your Hades. Yeah, so this is a version of the deck that I really like. Of course, you have to play some not optimal cards like the Magic Golden Flower. I was going to say, it's like you almost are using it just because it's an item. (laughs) It is, it is. It's an inkable item. It's cheap, but it's also a one-cost item that can ready Ariel and draw a card off Maurice pretty easily. Beast Mirror, I think, is just another way to draw cards. It's also an inkable item. And then Scepter of Arendelle, that can help you uh, get the board early if you need to with giving a character support. Helps you create a little bit more of a board presence, but also another cheap inkable item that if it's not good or if you need to get up to Maurice just to cast Maurice you can just ink it and wash your hands of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah so this has a lot of combo potential a lot of card draw we're trying to be able to keep the board nice and clean so your tomatoas even your bells can quest for a lot at some point in the game Mm -hmm. and your aerials can hopefully do their combo thing. The one thing I 
I'm kind of hesitant on in this deck is the number of uninkables. You have 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You have 19 uninkables in this deck, and I think when you're playing Bell, you want to keep that number to a minimum so you can constantly put two ink down a turn mm -hmm. and you might not be able to do that super consistently with 19 uninkables but again we have a lot of card draw and Maurice in a whole new world and even tiny tink because you can draw a card discard a card same thing with Simba that you know maybe that's just not something to worry about too much yeah what do you think is going to be the weakness of this because I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think the Ruby Amethyst decks are going to be really hard to beat because they have a lot of removal with Dragon Fires and Maleficence that as soon as you play a Maurice, it's probably just not going to stick around for very long. And that's a card that they need to answer, but they do have a lot of answers to it. So that might, might be kind of rough. I think this items deck, it's a really cool concept. I think it would be, it's a lot of fun to play. And I believe that as more cards come out, more sets come out, better items, I think an item deck is going to be a really cool archetype. Archetype. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think it's going to be a really cool archetype that people are going to be rocking. So if you were interested in getting the full deck list of this one and the other two upgrades we previously talked about, all three of those are on our Lorcania page. And I will put links to each of the individual decks down into the description of this episode. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. I think what we'll also do is we'll put the decks we're going to be, we, we competed with in the tournament that's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll also include those on our Lorcania page as well so you can see what we played. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, next we have a listener question of the week, right, Dana? We do. It's on our Discord. So if you ever have questions that you want us to answer on our episodes, Go to our Discord. We have a listener mailbag channel, so you can ask your questions there. But we have one from Lights Out 87. So I'm going to ask you this because you have... Shout more... out to Lights Out. <laughs> I'll ask you this because you have more experience with uh, competing with TCGs. So I feel like you would be a, a good person to answer this one. So Lights Out 87 asked, When you lose, how do you figure out if it's mistakes you made from Mulligan? specific plays, etc., or just an unwinnable game? Or is that something that comes from just repetition and practice? That is a very good and important question. Whenever I lose, I usually just assume that there was something I could have done better. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, especially in this game, that comes down to your initial mulligan mulliganing decisions if you would have mulliganed that extra one or two cards maybe you would have found the cards that you needed a little more quickly maybe you would have found another inkable in time but there are definitely going to be those some small subset of games where you feel like ah you know what they just had it there wasn't anything i could do and that's okay but i think it's really important to just assume there was something you could do better mm -hmm. and then try to reflect on that afterward. Because that's that's how you learn. That's how you get better. If you just always assume that you're unlucky, you're never going to get better at TCGs because you're actively not trying to learn anything. Yeah. So, yeah, just try to be reflective. Try to think back on the games. 
and think, ah, maybe if I would have challenged here, maybe if I would have quested here, the game would have turned out a little bit differently. Those are the questions you have to ask yourselves. What could you do? What could you have done? But yeah, that's a really great question, a really important topic, and that's a really important concept to think about in TCGs. So that's a thank you. I appreciate you asking that, Lights Out. Yeah, that was a really great question. Thank you. All right, so what do we got upcoming for our next episode, Dalton? Our next episode is going to be a really fun one. We're going to talk about how our tournament goes tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, we have some good news. It's not just us losing twice and then exiting. That would not be great. But I think we're both going to do pretty reasonably well. We'll talk about our deck lists, why we submitted the lists that we did, mm -hmm. uh, what changes we would make to those lists going forward. We'll talk about the metagame, maybe if we would bring a different deck to a tournament. So yeah, there's, there's a lot that we can learn from that tournament, and we're going to make a pretty good episode about it, I think. Yeah. I think you'll be able to tell how we do based on how we how we sound when we start the episode. <laughs> if our demeanor is positive, you know we did well. <laughs> no, um, no, no. It'll it'll be a fun episode. Yeah, for sure. After that, we are continuing our starter deck giveaway. So we have already given away one starter deck. You have a chance to win one of two that are left: the Emerald Ruby or the Amethyst Amber starter decks. Oh yeah. Dana, why don't you tell us how you can win those? Yeah, so we are giving away starter decks when we reach each of the milestones on Twitch, 50 followers and 100 followers. So in order to enter, go follow us on Twitch, then go to our Discord and we have a giveaway channel. Comment in that and that is your ticket to enter for it. And then once we hit those milestones, we will be drawing names when we stream after, unless it's in the moment and we hit, the, the we hit those during a stream. We so. will spin the wheel of names. We love the wheel. The wheel, like the, like the episode on the office when they had the wheel of chores. The wheel of chores. <laughs> and then it wasn't yeah. as fun. So they made the mini wheel. <laughs> they made the mini wheel chores, but no one minded the mini wheel. Yeah. <laughs> She was like, there's still chores involved, but no one minds because it's the mini wheel. <laughs> it's so cute. No one even cares. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good episode. Oh, gosh. So where can you find us? All right. You can find us pretty much anywhere at the Inkwell Gamers. You can find us on Twitch, X, Twitter, all kinds of stuff. Discord. Yep. Instagram. We have our own Discord. We're on so, it all. Yeah. Just, just follow us on it all. <laughs> we'll be posting some more content on YouTube especially. Mm -hmm. I have a pretty exciting series coming out on an online tournament I did. Yes. Other than that, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for this week, Dana. It is. You guys have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.